Boo. You think I'm a good girl? Just wait and see. We're bad girls. This is what we do. I'm the girl that's gonna save your life. Eh, you shot pretty well for a boy. Can't you handle a woman with a big gun? I put the fun in funeral. I like my men covered in blood. Hail to the queen, baby. I can, and I will. I can, and I will. I'll take a bite out of you. Beware the sirens. Welcome back to another spine-chilling episode of Sirens of Horror. As always, I'm your mistress of evil, Ella Avella, along with her sister of sin, Ashy Slashy. And our first guest for season three, she is my sister, my life mate, my Shira watching companion, uh, my Hollywog, my Hollyberry, my so many, many things, the amazing, the talented, and the magical Holly Scott. Hi, everyone. Hello. <laughs> happy to be here. <laughs> so happy. We've wanted you on the podcast the last like year, but it just mm-hmm. never timed out. I know. Like we were ready to go and it was going to happen and like in June and then COVID was like, no, we're doing it. No, you're going to wait. No, you don't get to do this, guys. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but when we decided to move, we, I think we officially decided to move in December of last year. So a year ago, mm-hmm. we made a full list of our LA bucket list of everything we wanted to hit before we moved in September. And then March happened. And it was like, welcome to this becoming your travel list. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'll take, I'll take Josh to the tar pits one day. (laughs) Yes, you will. You know, when the world's safe and we can hug and touch and lick each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think after, you know, after everyone, we get our vaccines and stuff. I think there's just be a whole, a lot of licking, a whole lot of licking. I'm going to lick you all so good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go to you to get licked just specifically for that yeah yeah just, just be like i need to go see ella because i need someone to lick me be like, ella, there's a spot right here that's not licks can you lick that please <laughs> i am you. here to lick everything uh we are as i said we are gonna do uh once a month with an amazing guest and our guests are picking the films and i'm super excited this is one of my all-time favorite films we are doing Shaun of the Dead. I love, it's not my favorite in their trilogy. Oddly enough, my favorite in their trilogy is World's End. But I think it's because I love the switch. Oh, okay. Okay. I love I love him being the, the, the mess up and the other guy being like the straight man. I think I just get a kick out of that. <laughs> That's pretty fair. Well, I have a I have an amazing love affair with all three of the Cornetto trilogy. Actually, Edgar Wright in general, um, <laughs> the director of this film. My one of my favorite movies of all time is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I love that movie, and that's it's what that was my entrance way really into being an Edgar Wright fangirl. But um, but this was one of the first ones I saw of his, so Shaun of the Dead. And you wanted me to pick a horror film, and I don't. I don't watch horror films that often. I know, you're, spar- you're a little sparkly magical cupcake of sweetness and adorableness. It's just like, horror, no, I don't like. <laughs> well, but right now, like- Holly is our, our, our orange bird of sparkly and cuteness. 
Yeah. So it's it's even more like harder to get her to pick something terrifying. So <laughs> when she picked Shaun of the Dead, I was like, that tracks. That tracks. That's that's yeah. what we can do. It, it, it had to be some kind of comedy horror. It was either going to be that or Zombieland. It was one of the two. And I was like, Shaun of the Dead's way better. Way for many reasons we'll talk about. It's way better. I don't know if I, how I can like rank Zombieland versus Shaun of the Dead. Because like, even though they're both zombie parodies, they're both so very different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have to love Zombieland for the simple fact that I actually ate a Twinkie afterwards. <laughs> It took Zombieland. me like 48 hours to finally give in and was like, I don't need, I hate Twinkies. I hate Twinkies. But for like 48 hours after watching the film, I was like, my brain was like, Twinkie. I don't want to go too far off into a tangent, but can I tell you my cool story, uh, Zombieland 2 story? Oh, go okay. for it. Okay. So I used to be in this class at Cal State Fullerton, Go Titans, uh, where we would actually like watch films and like talk about them and then like the, um, the, the class they would bring in like people from the film. It's how I met um, the lady that wrote Legally Blonde and how I met the, uh, the background paint artist for like Marvel films, all kinds of cool people. Oh, and uh, Sherilyn Fenn from Twin Peaks. Oh, hell um, yeah. Yeah, nice. she's rad. So, but that class also had the hookup for like private screenings. Ooh. And so uh, every once in a while they'd be like, hey, for the first like 10 people that sign up today, you get to go to see a private screening. And they were coming up on the Zombieland 2 one at the Arclight in LA and I'm like, well, okay. So I just happened to be in a class that didn't really care if we were on our computers screwing around at the time. And so I just immediately logged in and got, got my ticket. And I was supposed to go with a friend of mine and that friend of mine bailed. They couldn't go. And then I started like farming it around, farming it around. And eventually nobody wanted to go. So I went by myself and I'm sitting in the theater and it's totally dark. And, and a couple of guys walked next to, next to me. And uh, I'm wearing my Captain Marvel uh, crew cap. Uh-huh. And I can't really see it because it's dark before the movie. They're talking about like Marvel stuff. And, and the one right next to me turns to me and goes, oh, uh, you must work on Marvel films. That's why you're here. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm just, I'm just a fan of the Marvel films. I just happen to have this hat. But I have a lot of respect for, for people in the industry. I think, I, I think I'm going to be a filmmaker uh, one day. And I think they're great. He's like, oh, that's awesome. And then we have like a little conversation. It's still too dark to see who it is, right? Watch I'm like whole- on the edge of my seat right now <laughs> for this reveal. We, wa- we watched the whole film straight through. I- I'm joking with them like kind of on the side, but we're still like thing. We're talking where the credits are rolling and I'm talking about like, like stunt people and how I think stunt people are great. And, and the guy next to me was like, oh yeah, I-, I work with a lot of stunt people. And I go, what? And then I look, and when the lights come up, I turn on, I say, see you guys later. It's Timothy Oliphant. <gasps> What? So I watched I watched Zombieland two with Timothy Oliphant at the ArcLight and had no idea who it was. If I would have known beforehand, I would have shit my pants and I would have never talked the entire time. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy you did know because now the story is like a lot cooler. I'm like, oh yeah, I just watched the film and had casual jokes with Timothy Oliphant and whatever. <laughs> it was it was pretty awesome it was a pretty good good uh good way to remember that movie so i don't remember that's anything from the movie but i remember <laughs> to the whole of that being awesome <laughs> that's a pretty good thing to remember about it uh okay now that i hate holly a little bit let's move into Shaun of the dead before the rage seeps too deeply into my dark and decrepit soul <laughs> no i'm kidding nothing could ever make me hate you i know <laughs> i mean Maybe if it was like Hiddles next to you, 
Yeah, maybe maybe if it was Hiddles, I think we'd be we'd both be a little like I wouldn't hate you for long, but so I, I didn't I didn't really know you, Ash, at the time very well. I knew you, but like we didn't really hang out. But I actually asked Ella if she wanted to go with me to Zombieland 2 that night, and she was too busy doing stuff with her, her pet, her puppy. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I think I think that was at the time where Daisy had the mites. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, I would love to leave my house for more than two hours, but I have medication. And uh, my entire life revolved around giving my puppy like massive squirts of medicine down her throat every two hours that she loathed. But now she's a total mommy's girl. So my caring has taken care of that. And now I hate myself a little bit. (laughs) Well, it is the holidays. It's the time to hate thyself. (laughs) Let's get into Shaun of the Dead. Yes, Yes. Uh, so it is the first of the trilogy. And I think it's the one most people know the best. I think between this, Hot Fuzz, and At the World's End, this is definitely the most widely known of the three. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's British, it's satirical, it's sarcastic. uh, It bred such a great genre including we did it last year and the apocalypse so many of these different kind of films Shaun of the Dead was kind of the the leaping point so like the Cornetto trilogy in in general is a love letter to film genre in specific and Shaun of the Dead is the love letter to the horror film so if you watch it there are so many easter eggs throughout of all kinds of different uh, horror genres, their hot buzzes, action, and sci-fi for the world's end. So there's a lot of little things that are great. Oh, yeah. Well, with Shaun of the Dead, it's literally, not say literally shot for shot, but a lot of the references are to Dawn of the Dead, which is uh, Robert Romero's for, uh, zombie film. And he actually, so my first freaky fact. Ooh, we, freaky facts are coming in quick. George A.R. Romero, creator of the movies to which this pays homage to, was so impressed with Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright's work that he asked them to make a cameo in Land of the Dead. I do recall them being in Land of the Dead. It's not a good film. Land of the Dead is not a good film in any way. I'm sorry, the zombies start getting smarter and using tools and it's it's not good. It's not good. Yeah, like they they make a huge homage to uh, George Romero's Dawn of the Dead in this film. Like there's so many references and callbacks and just well, even the, lines. The group in itself is almost an exact interpretation of Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Where you have the love interest, you have the jackass, you have the sarcasm, you want to find the parents, uh, all that stuff. So it, it's a great combination of kind of both Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, um, and a, a little bit, I would say, uh, we got a little bit of the Resident Evil silliness of some mm-hmm. of the attacks. That might just be because I have a deep love for the old school Resident Evil films. <laughs> I think there's like eight of them now. Mm-hmm. I left after three. But still, the first one is great. Uh, but it is a classic 
zombie apocalypse spin. Um, there's never really an answer. Just zombies have overtaken the world. You get bitten. You're a zombie. They're slow moving. They're hordes. We're not dealing with any like 28 days later wreck. We got classic Romero zombies. Mm -hmm. uh, but instead of having a charismatic leader or the charming damsel, we get the guys that stay at your pub till very, very last call in charge of trying to survive. So male versions of you and me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of. Well, no, because neither of you guys are Ed. Neither of you guys are Ed. You're well, like no, we, we, we would be the, the, the girls that stay at the lockdown at the pub. <laughs> no, I'm saying these are the idiots that are at the last call, not us. We're just drunk when we're at last call. These are Valid. the idiots in the corner. <laughs> Oh, you guys are fun. <laughs> I, uh, I wanted to point out one little tiny Easter egg for people if you're looking, hunting for Easter eggs. Um, if you are looking at Sean's costume, uh, Sean's uniform for the electronics store, the store is called 4A Electrics. That's the name of the store. And Ken 4A was an actor in Dawn of the Dead. It was named after the actor in that. So if, you're, if you want something fun, you guys can find it chair oh damn it sorry it's fine it's not a big deal but i'm just like going for the future oh you want me to re-say that or are you be good no it's fine okay. just for the one thing it's fine but if it was constant i'd be like okay. uh actually i know a very weird easter egg in it too when mm -hmm. sean is first trying to go on the fancy date when it's the backlash and he goes wants to go to a nice seafood restaurant and he's looking in the magazine. It's, it's Fulci. Fulci is the name of a 1960s Italian gore director <laughs> who made a really big name for himself in really bloody horror films. And they decided to name the seafood restaurant after him. That is my one Easter egg. I know nothing else. So, so another kind of random Easter egg. Um, I feel like this should is... be the episode of the eggs. Yes, this is the egg hunt episode. <laughs> um, is uh, Sean's mom's name Barbara. Barbara? Oh, I was I had that moment where I'm like, it's is it Barbara? <laughs> and coming like, for and you, then, Barbara. Well, no, and then later on, you know, when the apocalypse happens and they're like, and Sean's on the phone with him or her, she's like, he's like. Mom, we have to we have to come get you. And then the very last thing is um uh what's his his friend? Ed. Ed is yelling in the phone, we're coming to get you, Barbara. I, I do remember the first time I saw that. I that was like the first scene that made me like cackle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as both Holly and Ashley you know, uh, I have three levels of laughing. I laugh like a normal person. I giggle like a weird anime schoolgirl, and then I go full evil queen Maleficent. <laughs> and just, I sound like I'm about to curse your small child. Yeah. Uh, and when I find something very, very funny, I will admit I do cackle. 
And I remember that was the first scene where I was like, there's a few things I was like, eh. and that was just, I was like, what? what? Okay. I love Ellis Cackles. They're my favorite. <laughs> They're my favorite. I sound so evil and I hate it because it's one of those things where it's normally something really funny that gets me to do it. Just put me in a Maleficent outfit to have me watch stuff and just cackle. <laughs> this is one of the reasons why I love Edgar Wright films in general, talking about all these Easter eggs, is that his one of a mark of his his work, if you look at anything from the Cornell trilogy to Scott Pilgrim to Baby Driver. There's just so much attention to detail. Like everything is a detail and every detail matters. And when I was learning how to do film and how to make movies, they always said details matter because that the audience is gonna have two levels of watching, the casual watch where you watch it at first. And then if you like it, you're gonna come back and watch it again. And it's the details that get you to wanna watch it over and over and over again, which is why I can pop in Sean at any time and watch it because I'm gonna find something I missed always. Same with uh, all the other films that he makes. You're always going to find something new. There's always going to be an Easter egg and it makes the movie enjoyable. Um, so that's why I think it's such a strong um, movie. And it's why I think he's such a strong director is because he knows that he knows that little piece. He's like, he thinks like an audience member, not necessarily like a director, which is amazing. He, he comes off of it less, less Hitchcock, Hitchcockian of mm -hmm. I'm going to make this and more of I was a fanboy of something mm -hmm. and thus I know what I liked um like if you look at uh Firefly this is a random thing I know in every episode of Firefly there's one shot of Han Solo and Carbonite <laughs> in every single episode in one scene you'll find Han Solo and Carbonite mm -hmm. um it's, it's little things like that that people who loved these films that did put in Easter eggs for the bigger pantheon kind of do that. Like uh, I recently just found out an Easter egg about Evil Dead 2 and I've been watching that film for forever. Uh, on the wall of the in Evil Dead 2, I, I've been watching this film since I was like 14, on the wall of Evil Dead 2, there is Freddy's glove. From Nightmare on Elm Street. Very cool. Hmm. Freddy's. I now need to go watch that and figure that, find the Easter egg. But that's, that's such a great thing, like you were saying about the Cornetto trilogy and finding these Easter eggs. I've been watching Evil Dead 2 for 20 some odd years. And I'm 20 years later being like, oh my God, I need to go back and watch this film because I found out this other little Easter egg. Mm -hmm. And you can do that with Scott Pilgrim and Shaun of the Dead of 20 years later, be like, what? this is a thing, I need to go mm -hmm. back and watch this film immediately. <laughs> and also, I think, uh, I don't think we're going to get super into plot because it's not complicated, guys. Second of all, no. if you don't know the plot of Shaun of the Dead, I don't know what to say to you. <laughs> uh, but one of the things I also really, really enjoy about this is um, the lack of kind of archetypes, but while being archetypes, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like Sean is while well, the hero and he wants to save the girl and he wants to get her back. He, he lost the girl. She broke up with him. She mm -hmm. has a new boyfriend and yeah, he's a dick, but like, and while she's the quote unquote damsel, she's smarter than all of them. Mm -hmm. His best friend that 
physically should be the big beefy jock boy is the fat ass gamer. So while there are archetypes, they're as if you took these horror movie archetypes and were like, okay, but who do you really know is going to fill these characters? Yeah. I think the uh, atmosphere of the world is also a character too. That's where you get your only archetype is like everything around this little group is exactly as it would be in any other horror film. The Winchester is a character in itself, which mm -hmm. is the bar, the pub. Um, even the convenience store in the beginning is a character with the guy because that is that tells you what happens immediately. He goes in and one day gets a can of soda, comes back in and everyone's dead, but he still grabs the can of soda. <laughs> like, John yeah. is like, like a, a, a creature of habit. <laughs> yeah, it's literally, yeah, it's literally like I do this thing every day. I go to the convenience store in the morning to get a cup of soda. I ask my roommate if he wants anything. Do and this, I, do that. You know, it's he's a creature of habit. He does this thing every day. Also, I wanted to make a comment of, uh, so the first time before the zombie apocalypse, when he goes into the convenience store on, you know, a normal day, you see behind him is a random groomsman. Huh. And I'm not sure if he's the groom or the groomsman, but he's clearly behind him and he's got like some bottle of liquid in his hand, which I'm guessing is probably alcohol. So it's like, are you either having a little hair of the dog after the bachelor party? Or, or did you just that leave a bitch at an altar? Oh, I love how you always go for like better things than me, Ashy. You're like, is he trying to pregame? And I'm like, did that asshole leave his fucking wife at the altar? <laughs> That's where I go. I go to the worst case scenario 24 7. Why it would be good in, in like a horror movie because I'm like, this is the worst case scenario. <laughs> There's a fun activity that you can do with Shaun of the Dead and it is watch the movie but don't turn the sound off and don't watch any of the characters if you can avoid it. Just watch what's happening in the world. Mm -hmm. And it tells a whole different story. It's fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of those little detailed plot points that you can pull. <laughs> it's very cute. Um, so much good stuff like for example the thing oh another thing real quick that I, I love about this movie is that Sean has a backstory and you see what the backstory is through everything you see in on the walls like oh, yeah. you, know who, you know who Sean exactly was if you look at the posters in his wall he was a DJ he has mm -hmm. a poster that says DJ Sean on the wall he has so many records his slices of fried gold as it were right, that he eventually uses as like weapons. Mm -hmm. But that's why Liz met him and then later left him is because she was into the DJ and then he didn't want to leave the DJ life. That's never said in the script. It starts uh, after that. You have to context through that through posters and records. I've learned more. <laughs> yeah, like I never would have known that. <laughs> yeah, amazing stuff that you can watch. Uh, Pete, the, the roommate, uh, is also kind of tied into that as well. I'm not quite sure exactly how he's in there, but I think somebody on the internet said that he was like his manager or something <laughs> or, or at least just a flatmate. But that's Peter Serafinowicz, by the way. And I won't talk yes, about cast later because this cast is rad. But I, I feel like I watched this film like two days ago to get prepared for the podcast. And now I feel like I want to go back and watch the film after I'm done talking to Holly <laughs> to be like, 
I'm, I'm going to watch this. Ah, ah. You're just going to get like exclamation texts. Like, ah, I never knew that. Or what the heck was that? <laughs> I love it so much. Um, I also loved the idea that I was listening to an interview um, with uh, Sean. Because I am terrible with actors' names. And Simon Pegg. Simon why can't I think of Simon Pegg? I don't know. Uh, Simon Pegg, and he was talking about the characters of Sean and Ed. And in one of them, it was as if the Dukes of Hazard actually had responsibilities. Hmm. The idea that they think they're the coolest. Like, Sean and Ed think they are the coolest people, but it's like if, like, when you watch the old Dukes of Hazard or, like, Starsky and Hutch... Like all those little buddy cop ones, but how would they actually exist in reality? <laughs> and that's kind of the idea they came up for Sean and Ed with these guys that think they are so cool, but in reality of life, they are the lamest, just self-involved, entitled in their own bubbled kind of world. And then my brain just randomly went to like wanting to make a Dukes of Hazard film, but from the perspective of the sheriff, who's just watching these two like really hot 19 year olds ruin their town and commit like massive like damage to everything they're doing. Like interfering with police investigations, like contaminating evidence and all this stuff, but it's all from the perspective of the sheriff. And I was like, oh, that's that's brilliant. <laughs> of how would these 80s horror film and like, you know, TV heroes be in reality? It'd be two guys that sit on the computer and play on the couch and play Halo and think they're the shit and don't understand why anyone broke up with them because they're so cool. And I'm like, yeah, that tracks. That tracks. Fun fact number 8,000. Uh, I looked up the name of the DJ name for Sean and his DJ name is Sean Smiley Riley. <laughs> Which is literally, that's, that's Sean's last name is Riley. And that's the only ever time it's said. That's it on a poster. <laughs> Sean Smiley Riley. That's the DJ name of Sean from Sean the Dead. That's also Sean's last name in the movie, if you ever wanted to know. It's never said again. It's never actually said in the first place. It's on a poster from a club. I think I just throw up in my mouth a little bit. Sean Smiley Riley is adorable. It's adorable, <laughs> but it doesn't work for a DJ name. Well, that's he wasn't a very good DJ. That's why he works in an electronics store. <laughs> That sounds like a character, like a side character in Death to Smoochie. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, Death to Smoochie. There's a name I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> uh, Death to Smoochie is one of my favorite black comedies along with Seven Psychopaths. So I watch those two films way more than like a stable person should. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Like, nobody should come home after work and be like, I'm just going to casually throw on Seven Psychopaths or Death to Smoochie or In Bruges. <laughs> no, this is why everything I say sounds dry and sarcastic and full of heat. Seven Psychopaths has Tom Waits in it, right? 
yes. Okay, cool. The, the sure main characters are um, Colin Farrell and Christopher Watkins. Yep, I saw that movie in theaters. I know that movie. I'm with you, girl. I got you. One of my favorites. <laughs> very, very good. If you want something very dark and very messed up and very good, watch Seven Psychopaths. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, going back to earlier, you mentioned the casting of Shaun of the Dead. One of the uh, other castmates of this film is very young at this film, but as she gets older, she becomes a very familiar face. Diane, uh, the, uh, the girlfriend's best friend or her flatmate. Who's totally in love with actress. the asshole. Yeah. Yeah. The, the out-of-work actress that is totally in love with the asshole. Yeah. She's uh, Hilda Spellman. Yep. And <laughs> she's at a candy. Watching Ella's face just <laughs> go from like shock to realization is amazing right now. Oh my God, that <laughs> just broke my brain. She is Hilda. Yep. It was funny because I was watching this with uh, oh. my husband. <laughs> I was watching this with Chris last night and I was like, that's Hilda. And he's like, no, it's not. Like, no, that's Hilda and Etta Candy. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. She's way too young. And then like, I looked it up. I'm like, see her, even her IMDb profile picture is her as Hilda. And he was like, oh my God, that's Hilda. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> my God. He's like, when was this film made? I'm like, 2005, so a bajillion years ago. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> I graduated high school in 2005. Oh, you're a baby. <laughs> Not when okay. somebody just says it was a bazillion years ago. Well, That's... 2020 feels like a, a a bazillion years all on its own, so. Very I graduated true. before the turn of the century, so. <laughs> Way back in 1999, I'm an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> in my day, we used floppy disks. <laughs> I still love they'll randomly be that meme of like back in the day when floppy disks saved the world. And it's just a bunch of things that people be like, take this floppy. And I'm like, oh, that's so true. And now nobody even knows what that is. Okay. <laughs> 25 megabytes of power. <laughs> Moving along from that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the film takes place because just to run through very quickly, zombie apocalypse happens. Got to get the girlfriend. Got to try and get mom. Got to try and get fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much the the thing I think I like about this film is in a weird, strange kind of way, it's kind of a coming of age film as well mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. like a thirty five year old slacker. You know, if if coming of age films weren't about like 13 year old boys and girls, you know, finding magical fairies in the woods, it was about a 35 year old slacker going against the zombies to realize he needs to put his life together. Yeah. And there's also like a bunch of different nuances to all the different relationships that he has with these people. And the ones he has to lose and get rid of and get mm -hmm. rid of that, uh, kind of dependency yeah because like you have the relationship with his you know both of his flatmates 
um, the tick and his uh, the tick and Ed. He's the tick. I can't, I don't remember his, his name, but he's the tick. <laughs> yes, the tick. <laughs> For me, um, the tick is always going to be Patrick Warburton. Sorry. Yeah, I, I I I have not seen. I realized about halfway through this, he's in the new tick. Because mm-hmm. just kept, re- I'm like he has to be the actor in the new one because I'm like, uh, that's not my tick. Yeah, my tick is whack. I'm like, uh, maybe, but uh, my tick has much nicer shoulders. Um, but I, uh, I don't care if he's in a blue suit. I'd climb that man like a mountain. <laughs> I will scale that exoskeleton. Um, anyway, so it's like all of the different relationships between his two flatmates, the relationship he has with his mom, the relationship he has with his stepdad, you know, and it's all, it's all really interesting how you see the dynamic of all of the relationships he has with these people throughout the film. I, I wanted to uh, point out something that if, if you haven't watched this movie in a while, which we all have, but like for the listeners out there, watch it again, but think about where we are currently. And when we're recording this, we're still in the pandemic a little bit, but you look at the eye of like being in a pandemic and how they, if that was where we're at for there, there's mm-hmm. a, there's a very famous quote that basically is the plot of the film essentially. Um, and if you've know, if you watch this film, you know it, it's, it's the plan, the plan, oh, quote, yeah. which is, take car, uh, go to mom's, kill Phil, sorry. Grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint and wait for all of this to blow over. How mm-hmm. many people do you know that are like, oh, we're in a pandemic? Well, let's go have a pint and wait for all of this to blow over. That's like our whole hey. thing. Right? <laughs> I think that's all we did is between uh, the three of us. I saw both these beautiful gals before uh, I moved. And every time we saw it, it was let's stand a table length away in my airy, in my little courtyard and have a beer and hope all this is going to blow over. Mm-hmm. That's, that's their whole plan. That's their whole plan is to just like, eh, this is this, they don't, they're not looking at it as the fact that it's a zombie apocalypse and they're all gonna die. They're like, yeah, this sucks, but if we chill here for like a, you know, 20 minutes, it'll be fine. We'll be good, Yeah, right? And like, it's <laughs> funny, like you equated a little bit to you know, 2020's current situation with the, with the Rona. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, you have your little, you have, <laughs> there, there's Pam drinking a pint. <laughs> I literally just finished my beer as they were talking about this while I'm trapped. Well done. Um, there's Ella drinking a pint. Uh, yeah, if anyone listening to this thinks I'm normally not having a beer, you're wrong. <laughs> I've been trapped for nine months. If I'm doing anything, I most likely have a beer. <laughs> um, but what uh, what I was saying was that they have their little bubble of you know their bubble of people. Like we had our we have our bubble of people. <laughs> half of our bubble is halfway across the country now, but. You are still part of, you know, our social distancing bubble. We had a nice little social distancing bubble where it was like the people that were, were safe and quarantined. And it was kind of that idea of um, regulated risk management. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. where it's like, I know none of these people are going out and doing anything dumb. I know they're not going out to bars or parties, whatever. This will be my tiny bubble. And if I just take these people and we drink enough alcohol, <laughs> eventually the time will pass <laughs> and this will be over. Yeah. And that's kind of, it's like, you know, with the holidays coming up, a lot of people are like, stay home, stay, you know, don't see family, don't see family. We haven't been able to see, um, you know, my in-laws since last Christmas and the wedding. And so we like, we made, you know, we made an effort. We're like, okay, everyone's going to get tested. We're going to quarantine ourselves for two weeks we'll get together and we're literally staying in that, like we're staying in the house. Like we're not leaving the house. Everyone's been tested. Everyone's clear. We're in our bubble and we're good. You're, you're going down to the Winchester. Yes. <laughs> but I that's- had a thing to drop oh. off to Ashley. Sorry, I had a thing to drop off to Ashley your house and, and I was going like, hey, can I drop this off? And she's like, you can leave it at my doorstep. <laughs> yep. I was like you can say hi from like 60 feet away wave hello <laughs> uh, I always have to bring back to the fact that uh, my birthday was in May and in May we knew so very little about this that the only physical interaction I got was a beautiful joint rubbing of ankles with Ashy oh. because we didn't want a hug because we didn't know how it was transmitted at the time so I just stuck out my foot and we like rubbed feet and ankles and I did the whole like say anything thing with the poster that said happy birthday Ella with a bunch of pictures on it (laughs) it's still in my room it's never leaving but yeah like that's how like birthdays were this year was weird ankle rubbing and the more (laughs) I say ankle rubbing the weirder and weirder it's getting (laughs) Um, I didn't get an ankle rubbing for my birthday. <laughs> I think I gave you a, like an arm. No, we did elbows. My birthday was three days ago, so there's no way we did elbows. <laughs> no, that was the first time I saw you when you came over. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We did, we did the elbow like nuzzle. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, the weird social interact. Oh, I can't wait to lick all your faces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much face looking. Shaun of the Dead slash Ella's commitment to licking things episode. <laughs> In terms of subscribing to like 2020 to Shaun of the Dead, is we're now getting a vaccine out in the same way they eventually figure out the cure for the zombie virus in Shaun of the Dead. So how is our world going to look? And, you know, 2021 Christmas... <laughs> is it going to be like the vaccine worked great or, you know, is this going to be some weird, like there are people that are also zombies. The zombies don't bite you anymore, but like, you know, they're still zombies. <laughs> December, 2021 is my 40th birthday. I'm going to Japan. I want to, that's my goal. It's been my goal for years. It got pushed back. This is, this is my chance. So if the world isn't better, I'm going to cry a lot. A lot. A lot. <laughs> just just start armoring up. Just start like working out with like samurai swords. And then just be like, nah, I'm I'm stealing a plane. I'm driving. I'm driving. I'm flying across. I mean, 
you want to try and drive halls uh, mm-hmm. you can build a bridge we'll make this happen but that way if there are zombies at least ashy and i can go with you and be like tiny ninja bodyguards mm-hmm. i think i need that yeah i think i think you're officially uh hired <laughs> i don't know <laughs> if that's a hired thing or a invited um but yeah uh both both is good <laughs> okay yeah Mostly our payment is just throw food at us. Uh, <laughs> extra licks. Yes, extra <laughs> licks and uh, octopus balls. Yes. Uh, I don't eat seafood, so they're all yours. <laughs> uh, yeah. the, the one thing I've had from Japan, I, it's somewhere in the southern region, but they were candied maple leaves. Mm, that sounds tasty. And Rachel got them, and I... Truly, if any of our listeners know where to get these, I will sell other people's body parts. Well, I mean, if we, if we have any listeners in Japan, there you go. Just send Ella octopus balls. And candied maple leaves. And I will send you other people's body parts. <laughs> I did I did learn how to make omurice. So Ooh. I know how to make some, uh, some good old ketchup rice omelets. So... Uh, I originally, I just made okonomiyaki for the first time. Nice. And nice. I have now officially leveled up to Ranma fiance level for that really deep anime cut into the early 90s. Oh, you can have me on the show and not have an anime cut. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of that one of like okonomiyaki, Ranma fiance. I'm the pretty one. That sounds Ooh. like a rap lyric. <laughs> oh, no, Miami. I'm on my fiance. I'm the princess. <laughs> this will be my new rap thing. It's just playing off random 90s anime characters and rapping. <laughs> I'm Ryoko and I drink beer. I drink sake and I am here. That's all I got. Please, love of God, never make me do that again. Okay. Never make me beatbox because that was terrible. <laughs> My name is Ella, and I am evil. So hook me up with one Spike Spiegel. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down, ladies and gentlemen. I am down. Yes, Mama. Except I'd be, I'd worry Spike would cry. Uh, I just finished watching Cowboy yesterday. Okay. I, I, I love how we've gone from Zombie Land to Shaun of the Dead to like '90s anime. <laughs> I know. So I should yep. stop derailing your podcast. I need to no, get you. It, no, this, this is glorious. <laughs> this is glorious. I also do like the fact that I'm hoping to get so much hate for saying Spike Spiegel probably cries at the end of sex. Oh. But I'm sorry. <laughs> I think he does. I feel like he would. Edward is officially my favorite character too, Ashley. Just so you know, she's so I amazing. Her. I love her so much. Okay, so back on the Shaun of the Dead train. Uh, <laughs> there was a train. It was a, tr- a trolley. Yeah, a trolley. Yeah, it was <laughs> the a Shaun red of the line. Dead trolley. Back onto the Shaun of the <laughs> Dead trolley. You say the red line. Yeah, and I'm like, you've got some red line on you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm gonna bring in now Roger Rabbit and my lovely attempt to derail us further yeah. by more weird '90s references. Um. But yeah, I was going to say, 
Halls, you actually have cosplayed as Sean. I did in my in my previous life, <laughs> in my previous uh, incarnation, or I like to say my previous Pokemon evolution when I was, you know, left. <laughs> I like the previous Pokemon evolution. For, I, and I'm not ashamed to say it. For those who uh, don't catch the fact that my voice is a little deeper, yes, I am a trans woman. I'm very proud. Thank you very much. So, what to the haters? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I uh, I did I did Sean of the Dead and uh, Sean Sean Riley, as we learned. Um, not only did Riley. I make I made the badge, the little four A electric badge. Um, I. I had this, this suit, I had the red tie that I searched for days to find the exact red tie. Oh, Didn't wow. Find it, so I got one close. <laughs> but my crowning achievement, which I don't have it here, it's in my storage unit, was I could not find a cricket bat for the life of me in the United States. Couldn't find it. So I said, you know what? Screw it. I went to the grocery store. I bought a little kid's wiffle bat. I went to Michael's and got some foam. I shaped it. I put scotch tape on it. I put some wood spray paint on it and I splattered red and boom. I made myself a bat that I still have. It's way too big, it's comically large, but uh, but I did it. And I, I actually have worn that to three conventions and a Halloween party. That <laughs> so. is amazing. I also like the fact that that is comically big because I'm like, I feel like that enhances it though. Mm-hmm. It's super I, say, I feel like you need to redo your Shaun of the Dead cosplay, but as a female Shaun of the Dead. I thought about doing Shauna of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought Shauna, about that. I like that. Shauna of the Dead. Shauna of the Dead works. <laughs> uh, it's on It's on the list. I've got a couple other cosplays that I want to try to put together first, um, like dream cosplays I wanted to do, but that's definitely on the list because I still have the shirt. You know what's really funny is when you're walking through conventions, two things happen to you when you're dressed as Shauna of the Dead. Aside, well, aside from being recognized, which is rare. One, people wonder why you're dressed up like a Mormon, which is hilarious. <laughs> you're like the tie's red not black guys and two everybody comes up to you and goes you know you got red on you and then walks away like everybody <laughs> like every five minutes you're like red on you i'm like do you want to take a picture no i just want to tell you, you have red on you and i'm like okay <laughs> thanks uh, it's not a you're so clever oh so clever oh I bravo times today thank you <laughs> yeah great <laughs> this is why people don't talk to me at conventions because i sound like that well, yeah. I feel like it's funny, like, that it kind of fits, though, with the movie, because every five minutes, someone is telling Sean that he has red on him. <laughs> yeah. you're, just, you're, you're living the movie in real life, convention style. What I usually did was I would go to the convention completely tied up, this is the beginning of the movie, and then by the end of the convention, just like in the movie, ties around my head like Rambo. Yeah! <laughs> because that's how I felt after hearing that question. 95 times in a day (laughs) that's the greatest thing i think about that movie is it so comfortably quotable oh yeah where it's not like um it's kind of i feel like uh with the cornado trilogy has kind of become almost like Mm rocky-esque and it's like if you say a line to somebody else it's almost like code of like are you cool? <laughs> like, if I say this, are you going to respond properly? I feel like I do that a lot with Rocky callbacks, mm-hmm. where somebody says something and I'll do it back. And like, most of the time, people just look at me like, what the hell is wrong with you, lady? And I'm like, <laughs> sorry, just going to walk away in this opposite direction. 
Those are not your people, Ella. Those are not your people. <laughs> but here's the thing is I don't give a shit. And if you're not my people, I oh, yeah. really, truly don't care. I am a woman that is at an age of time. Mm-hmm. I just realized I said when I graduated, but nobody knows what age I was when I graduated. I could have graduated early. Well, they've already sussed out exactly my age because I told them everybody that I graduated in 1999 and then I said I was turning 40 next year. So yes, but I'm very picky about people not knowing. I'm, I haven't developed that that womanly don't tell people their age yet thing. Like it hasn't manifested. It's like, yeah, I'm 40, whatever. I'm 39, whatever. <laughs> I just like people to question whether it's early 20s or 200. That's where I want people to be like guessing. I mean, I, I know you haven't seen it because if you did, you would fall apart and die. But I've seen the painting that's in the attic. So I know that it's slowly aging and uh, I keep it safe from you. I so greatly sure appreciate you, never... you moisturizing my painting in the attic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dorina Gray over here. <laughs> I would argue with that, except I am that dramatic and that extra. So I can't, mm-hmm. I can't in the slightest bit to be like, if somebody was like, if you sell me your soul, like you'll stay young and beautiful forever and can go on adventures. I'd be like, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. I'm about to go be hot and evil. <laughs> so I wanted to I wanted to mention one thing that a lot of people don't know, and it surprises me, is that we keep talking about the Cornetto trilogy, the Cornetto trilogy. And everyone's like, what the hell is a Cornetto? Because they don't have them in the United States. Um, what a Cornetto is, it is basically, if you've been in the States, you've ever had a drumstick, which is like an ice cream, pre-made ice cream cone with a, with a flavor. That's a Cornetto. It's made oh. by good, their good humor brand. Mm-hmm. And there's three different flavors. There's a red one, which is strawberry. There's a green one, which is mint. And there's a blue one, which is vanilla. Sean's was strawberry. Uh, Nick Angel's is vanilla for blue. And um, the guy from World's End is green, the mint one. That works and for a mint. When I, when I went to Wales and London, I was with my friend Amy who had not seen any of the Cornetto trilogy. And we're in Carmarthen Castle and I'm in the gift shop and I open up the, the, the freezer and there's Cornettos. And I, I'm like, there's Cornettos. Hey, Amy, there's Cornettos. And she's like, who cares? They're just snacks. I'm like, what do you mean who cares? Like they have all three flavors of Cornetto. I'm going to get a strawberry one because I love Shaun of the Dead. And she's like, I don't understand that correlation at all. I'm like, it's the Cornetto trilogy. And I actually showed her hot fuzz that night because that's what I had available on my phone. So she could understand <laughs> I was freaking out about ice cream cones in Wales at <laughs> two in the afternoon. What is very strange is I realize I've never questioned the history or the meaning of the Cornetto trilogy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I had no idea it had anything to fucking do with ice cream. Yeah, It was every- just, this is the Cornetto trilogy. And I've just taken it as that is the goddamn name of this trilogy. And my entire life seems kind of vague and empty now that I realize I've called something, something for like 10 years with (laughs) no context. And uh, I feel like I need to reevaluate some things in my life and question. It's on the DVD Blu-ray case of all three movies it's on there like if you're buying these movies or like oh cool i'm buying the cornella Cornetto trilogy and people just think that's the movies they don't realize it's a food product 
And the I, only movie they talk about it in is Hot Fuzz. Because the Hot Fuzz, at some point, they stop and go, Cornetto? Cornetto. And then they go to the store and buy a Cornetto. In all of the movies, they buy a Cornetto. Every mm-hmm. single one. Sean buys it from the convenience store with the, with the soda can. And he yeah, eats I, it. I, brain. <laughs> details. <laughs> These are details. Oh, my God. Uh, I think uh, we're going to be wrapping it up in a second. So I guess we're going to go into Ashy Slashy's freaky fact corner of doom well before like before i get into that little rabbit hole i did want to mention something so like at the very end i wanted to mention because i mentioned earlier about relationships Mm -hmm. what do you think ed's relationship with sean truly is like are you going like is this a chasing a chasing amy thing where like Mm -hmm. ed wants to bang him uh no i think he's genuinely just like oh like I feel like Ed was like the back kid who never had friends and everybody made fun of him. And then he met Sean one day and Sean made him laugh. And like, that was it. Like Ed will live and die for his one friend. He may not always be a good friend, but I, 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 I can't see it being anything more than just being like, this is the one person that I like in the world. What about you, Halls? I mean, I, I kind of, I mean, I, I kind of know where you're getting at here, but I don't quite know exactly what you're pointing at. But as soon as you say it, I'll probably know. I mean, they're so, definitely best friends, that's for sure. So yeah, so I mean, not necessarily in the sense of like chasing Amy, like he wants to bang him, but because we were watching this last night, and you know, there was alcohol involved, as so, there should be. Deep talks happened. Um, but at the very end, uh, You're My Best Friend by Queen is playing. So Queen being a kind of non-binary-esque, you know, artist. Mercury um, fucked everything and everything wanted to fuck Mercury. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, we were kind of talking about like how if the subtext of that song playing was an affirmation of Sean and Ed's relationship. Not as a sexual, uh, not as a sexual bond, but like, kind of a you know romantic like kind of how you said like I will basically go to the ends of the earth to this person for this person so well, like it's it's a life mate it's 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 yeah Jay and Silent Bob it's it's this is the person yeah this is my not not like I want to bang them but they're you know this is my person yeah and that's clearly evident in the end of the movie and, and this is where if you haven't seen the movie yet watch it why it's 2005 but spoiler alert right here um i'll give it a second for spoilers okay um ed gets bit ed becomes yeah. a zombie mm-hmm. and everybody else that becomes a zombie gets killed in this movie but sean doesn't kill ed sean locks him up with he can't a- he can't kill him he, he what he just can't kill Ed. no he can't kill his best friend so he locks up in the garage or the, the shed, the shed. And with a video game and they play video games and that's what they do. And yeah. Ed's just living his life as a zombie and Sean's like, yeah, whatever, just don't bite me. <laughs> like, I feel like that would be me and you, Ella. Like, if I got bit, you would just be like, I, I, you're my best friend, I can't fucking kill you. I just put on Batman the animated series and yep, keep like, you in a room. 
Cool. We're going to watch Batman the Animated Series in the shed together. This is our life now. I don't think I could kill you. I think it would just be this like, all right. I, I think I, I would go Fido with it and figure out a way to like zap your brain into like not fighting people. And then it would just be like, this is this is my best friend slash zombie. She takes care of the children while I'm away. <laughs> I, I would like to think that I'd be a little bit more of like I zombie-esque than like George Romero zombie. I don't think so, we get much of a choice after you've been bit Nashy. We got the zombie. We got whatever zombie we're going with. So as long as you just feed me brains, I don't think I would try and bite you. There we go. I actually have um, a very good dish for cow brains, but don't ask me why. <laughs> All right. So into my little freaky fact rabbit hole. Um, in the movie, Sean tells Liz that he's going to take her to the place that has all the fish. When he opens his phone book, you can see that the restaurant is literally called the place that has all the fish. No, it's called Full Cheese, the place that has all the fish. And that's the Italian horror director. Oh, mm. freaky fact on top of freaky fact. Ooh. The freaky fact pile. A spooky, a spooky, sto- uh, spooky scoop. Yeah, <laughs> it's freaking section over here. It's an Oreo. I, I can't believe we went this entire time talking about the cast and didn't mention Bill Nye once or Martin Freeman. We didn't mention Martin Freeman or Bill Nye. Well, well Martin Freeman's only a cameo at one one little bit, so it's kind of like, oh, it's a cool cameo. But Bill Nye is Philip. He's the guy yeah. that's the dad, like, and so very like, quickly murdered. Yeah. <laughs> This cast, look up the cast, check it out. There's a lot of people that you might know now that you didn't know before in it. And it's, mm-hmm. like, it's like very true. Okay, like so Dylan Moran, your... who is in Black, uh, Black, Black Books. I think he's the guy from Black Books. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. Yeah. Lots of, lots of good people in it. Mm-hmm. Ella, what was your spooky scoop? Oh, no, I'm saying it was, it was the, the Fulci on top oh. of it. Yeah, uh, we, have, we have a token white guy in the mm-hmm. film, which is what I now refer to as Martin Freeman. <laughs> he is a token well no it's it's the joke of from uh black panther the two actors the white actors in black panther are andy circus and martin freeman <laughs> andy circus played smeagol martin friedman played bilbo thus they are token white guys well, token <laughs> white guy. i get it i token, get it now. lord get of it the now. rings joke <laughs> <laughs> it took me way too long to figure that i'm like yeah they're token they're in a lot of movies what no oh, tolkien got it okay. they're tolkien white guys i'm sorry two more baby bit things uh before we go because i want to mention there's there's two lines that i love that i say all the time one of which is uh they're actually back to back the first one is how's that for a slice of fried gold which had never been said before in any movie and that's what you call records now slide gold and immediately ed turns to him shovel to croquet bat and they hammer and he goes yeah boy (laughs) which had been said a lot before but never that well nope so if you're walking to somebody and somebody says how's that for a slice of fried gold and they don't reply with yeah boy they are not your people (laughs) walk away they are not the good people (laughs) just just walk away all right so i'll do one last uh freaky fact before we end this um simon pegg and edgar wright considered a sequel that would replace zombies with another monster but decided against it as they were uh pleased with the movie as a standalone product 
and thought that too many characters die to continue the story. The proposed title was going to be From Dusk Till Shun. However, this idea did have an afterlife. A mock-up poster can be seen in the film Spider-Man Into the, Ver- er, the Spider-Verse. Oh! <laughs> and now I have another film I have to watch to find Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Can I ask a trivia question? A oh, trivia question? I, I love being quiz. There are four films co-starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Three of them are the Carnetta trilogy. What's the fourth one? I know this. I swear. Here's a hint. On the DVD for Hot Fuzz, they are there's a special feature where they're filming this other movie and they're interacting with each other as their characters from that film. Oh, it's on the Scott Pilgrim uh, DVD, sorry. So not Scott from, uh, Pilgrim DVD, they're interacting. Edgar Wright does not direct the film. He's the executive producer. It's not Star Trek, is it? Nope. Nick Frost is not starring in Star Trek. As, as much Trek. as we want. <laughs> I have no idea. I think you yeah. have me stumped. Yep. Uh, the film, is an alien film called Paul. <laughs> oh my oh. God, isn't that the Seth Rogen one? Yes. <laughs> I never saw that, but you're right. They both star in that film together. The entire yeah. reason I watched that film is because Sigourney Weaver plays an FBI agent at the ending. And I found out Sigourney Weaver plays like an alien hunter in it. And I was like, you have me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Simon Pegg plays the voice of Paul, right? Yes. <laughs> and Nick Frost is in that too. Uh, so that's I, a fun one. <laughs> that is a good piece of trivia. All right. Um, this has been such an amazing episode. We're not doing our normal uh, freaky, terrifying fact or most badass woman match because uh, this is more of a discussion episode about what is the film. And... Um, I don't know if there are really that many scary scenes. I mean, when when uh, her boyfriend gets like ripped out of the pub is a little scary. Yeah. That's kind of it. There's some jump scares. Like when you first see Pete as a zombie, you're like, oh, but it's not. It's not scary. a scary film. Yeah. Uh, I So we're going to do our classic one to five rating of this film. Uh, mm-hmm. I will start off. I'm going to give it a four. And the only reason I'm going to give it a four is because I am in the 0.0001% of the population that loves The World's End (laughs) so very much. And anytime I think about these three films together, I think they're always kind of ranked in my head together. (laughs) And At The World's End just will always be my favorite. Um, I think it's... I. I, which is shocking because I'm picking sci-fi over horror for once in my life. Wow. <laughs> what about you, Ashy? Um, I think I will probably give it a four and a half. Um, because I like I do love this film, and it was the first film that kind of introduced me to the Cornetto trilogy because it's the first film that they made. Um, but I like the other two a little bit more but I do really like this one because it has all of the uh crazy random horror references in it 
Hot Fuzz definitely is the silliest. Mm-hmm. I love Hot Fuzz so much. <laughs> and you, Miss Holly? Uh, it's hard for me to not give this film a five. I was uh, like, if you pick this film and you don't <laughs> give it a five, I'm like, why did we pick this film then? <laughs> well, look, it's not perfect, and it's definitely not Edgar's best film. I mean, in terms of all the films he's ever done, like Baby Drivers, your Scott Pilgrims, the whole Cudnail trilogy, it's it's. This is his transition from television, doing space to uh, to doing movies and being a movie director for the first time. And he basically went to the master and said, "Mr. Romero, I'm I want to I want to homage you in my film as my first ever film that I." and publicly releasing and he did it perfectly um mm -hmm. so it's definitely a five but my favorite trilogy the movie the trilogy is hot fuzz though <laughs> i'm a sucker for action they're all fives though so i guess there's, okay there's... so then ashy what's your favorite out of the three because we've now all, all stated our favorite except for you um i think that my favorite is probably world's end as well god i love that i'm sorry the blue aliens just make me giggle mm -hmm. too hard world's end great after it was bad if that makes sense like no, the first no. half of that movie is almost unwatchable and then you get the aliens and it's amazing it's picture perfect see i i love it because i feel like you've got to go through this like oh these people this asshole this asshole to to get the good part and i kind of loved how cringy it was i i, I just love it i'll admit it um okay. So as we've stated in previous episodes, and we'll have the lady herself here to describe it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. This month, our Patreon charity is going to Mrs. Holly's Dress Sember. And if you heard in previous episodes, um, I'll let her describe the charity a little bit better. Yeah, so actually, first of all, this is such a great honor. And thank you both so much for, for doing this. It's, it's unbelievable. And I'm floored and honored and humbled. I really am. Um, I did want to mention that uh, we kind of described it a little bit um, in the last episode of what it was, but I don't think we quite nailed it on the head what it actually is. Um, Dressember is a campaign not just for LGBTQ people, but actually for all, all people. Um, it's, it's to fight human trafficking in the world. That's what we're, we're looking to do is stop any and all human trafficking and also to help the victims of human trafficking. Um, to be rehabilitated into, into a, a life where they can live and be comfortable. And it's human trafficking is one of the biggest problems in the world. Uh, it's a worldwide problem. It's more prevalent uh, in outside the United States, but it does exist here. Um, and it is just as bad here. And December started off as like one of those like challenges, like Movember or like that kind of thing. But it, it grew into more than that when, my friend Blythe, who is the founder of the corporation that is the nonprofit that runs it, um, decided to do more and decide to, to raise money. Now we partner with 15 different organizations around the world, like Rescue NYC or our Love 146 that are, that are out there actively funding rescue operations for people. Um, a lot of, mo mostly, mostly women, a lot of BIPOC people, a lot of LGBTQ folks are, are victimize every every day and it's our goal to stop it so i'm raising money uh, on my instagram which is at sweetheart holly 99 if you guys want to go there you can see all my pictures and i'm wearing a dress every single day as they mentioned i wear my orange bird dress today as my as my uh, my dress of the day my ootd 
but um, but you can see that if you if you want, you can donate to there. You can donate directly to Dress Amber if you want through their website, um, and we will use that money to fund and uh, help people, victims, and stop the traffickers from doing what they do. Make it not a problem. It's a problem that's solvable. We can fix it, and that's what we're trying to do. If any of our listeners decide to donate directly to either one of these causes, or if you have previously, also please send us a screenshot of that at Siren the Board, and we will get you a link code to all of our premium videos that we do right now. So if you guys want to just donate straight to that, that is perfectly amazing, and we'll give you all that content that we say we'll give to you. You just want to donate straight to them because it's an amazing cause. I'm so proud of you, Halls. You are doing an amazing thing. You're doing it all month in quarantine, and you are looking great every day. Thank you. It is yeah. an accomplishment for a gal to put on makeup every day during quarantine. I could not it. do it. Look at them eyes. That's um. That's no. Some- that is some eyeliner on point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your eyes are on fleek, girl. I, I rushed, but as we were getting ready to, to start, I, we got the message saying, I'm getting my laptop on, and that's when I got out of the shower. So, <laughs> but from that point to the point where I jumped on the camera, I was not made up. This is a, this is a snap. Snap, yeah. yeah. Snaps, girl. <laughs> You're looking great. Uh, and also, I want to say, too, one quick thing is if you want to, if you don't have the money to, to donate, but you want to participate, you know, share someone else's donation page. Uh, wear a dress, or for the for the masculine presenting folk out there, wear a tie. Bow ties and neckties are also part of December, and and it's you're you're included too. You don't have to go out there and put on your your partner's dress or or anything. You can if you want to, and there are quite a few masculine people that do that. But um, but you don't have to. You can certainly throw on those sweet sweet bow ties or or long ties, even just for a day, even for an hour. Take a picture and send it out there and then take it immediately off if you want to. But every little bit of advocacy helps and every little bit of awareness helps. I know Ashley and I will be posting a few little dress number ones to help encourage the cause on our Facebook, on our Instagram. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, Ashley, what are those? Because I can never remember after this many pints. (laughs) You can find us on our, our social medias, our Facebook, Instagram, and I... I always say Twitter, but we never, ever post on Twitter. In fact, I think at one point we were banned for some reason. I don't know why, but. Oh, I got us banned because I got into a mini war and I didn't realize I was on our account, not on my account. I apologize Oh, okay. That. that makes sense. So yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook as well as please do check out our Patreon where you can um, subscribe to all of our crazy weird content that we give you guys and by supporting our patreon you are supporting holly scott's dress number uh can once again halls we get the link to dress number for all those that are listening for the yeah, patreon page the it's a longer link so the easier way to go would be to go to my instagram which is uh at sweetheart holly 99 and then in my bio, the link to the December site is there. And I'll, the, the actual website is December2020.fundraise, F-U-N-R-A-I-S-E dot org slash fundraiser slash Holly dash Scott. But don't worry if you don't remember that. Don't worry if you don't remember that. Just go to Sweetheart Holly 99. You can follow me if you want. I'm happy to take a follower, say hi to you. And then, uh, you know, make a donation through the link in the bio because it's there. 
it's an important cause. It's a time of this year where we're all home, we're all quarantined, but you need to remember there are a lot of people out there that don't have the same rights as all of us being able to sit here and listen to this podcast. And that is always very, very important in this time. Not just give those to you that you love and care for, but give those to that truly, truly need it. And for that, that will be our amazing Scott Pilgrim. Uh, this has been an adventure throughout decades, genres. I just said Scott Pilgrim, didn't I? I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and stop you there. Sorry, Ashley, I'm stepping <laughs> on your toes, but I'm like, nope, not. Oh, I mean, no, I'm it. keeping this in. I'm keeping this in because everybody <laughs> now knows what I'm about to go and watch. <laughs> Welcome to Ella's Outtakes, part two. <laughs> I'm an intelligent person, I swear. I'm going to okay. watch the greatest uh, Christmas movie of all time. Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. All right. <laughs> there you go. That's it. That's been our amazing Shaun of the Dead episode going from the Cornetto trilogy to zombies to 90s anime all <laughs> around and back again. It's been an amazing episode. It's been an amazing discussion. Uh, I would once again like to thank you, the amazing Holly Scott, for joining us tonight. It has been an honor and a privilege to call you my sister, babe. The honor is all mine, and I'm so glad I finally got to be on. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much, Holly. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. And you're our little adorable sparkle lion, and we love you. Go, 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 Go rub her ankles for me, Ashy. I'm, I'm not in the state. Go I will. Rub I'll, I'll rub her ankles tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. <laughs> this ends up being some weird category on Pornhub. I'll be I, proud, I, honestly. I'll be proud. <laughs> I, I'm stunned and honored. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's been amazing. And as always, good, bad, for the girls with the mic. See y'all next week. 